0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Padve, and I'm joined now by my co host, Craig Wilson.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: It's episode 274. We are recording live on YouTube, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the training camp, uh, expectations, who should wear the C, what Doc's contract be like, and whatever else fills our empty brains. But before we get started, you're home, you're in Nova Scotia, you're visiting family.
1: Well, they're visiting me. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, my nephew's getting married next weekend, so I'm here and, you know, I'm going to go to that. Our family's here. My sister's down from Quebec and uh, I'm here from Ottawa and, you know, good, fun time. Should be a good time. Should be. Is it an open bar? well, I'm not drinking, so I'm on a prep, so I'm not even eating. The, I'm not uh, asking for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's an open bar. Or not. I don't I don't think so, but. Could be. I don't, I don't know. It's an Elmsdale. I don't know. I don't know what they do out there.
0: Elmsdale. Yeah, definitely not open bar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Oh, well, uh, so
0: people are asking for the code to join in our Zoom. No. Sorry, uh, that's not what we're going to do. We're on the live. We will record separately so that we can put this out to uh, all the different platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher. So while we do appreciate the comments that are in the YouTube chat, we, uh, we won't be allowing people into the Zoom call. Sorry. So, let us begin. The first, I guess the first thing we can talk about maybe is uh, Kirby Doc's contract. Yeah. What we expect. So, what do you you expect for Kirby Doc?
1: I'm expecting around two and a half on a bridge deal. Two to three year bridge deal. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, I mean, I know Keiko got what? Two, two, 2.1, something like that yeah and, and, i think it's 2.2 and, yeah and they put up similar numbers but where he's in montreal and there's a little bit more tax yes i know he gets paid in american dollars but still there's you know uh i think he'll get around two two and a half is what i'm what i'm expecting uh for how many years three three okay
0: uh i'm more of um am thinking more like a two-year deal somewhere between 1.75 and 2.25, somewhere in that range. And it, it gives them a little bit more leeway, I think with the RFA years at the end of the deal. So that I think two years is plenty of time to Ooh.
1: evaluate, them. We're, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Especially with, yeah, no, uh, I- especially with St. Louis being the coach and the style of game that he's he's going to want them to play i think it fits really well with what doc can
1: do well now that they have monahan you can put them on a line together and uh because it's it's going to come down to face-offs for doc like if doc can't win face-offs like at least get up to close to 50 percent then i don't see him being a future center um and if that's the case you know at least with a guy like monahan there who is a 50 to 55 percent face-off guy uh you have that insurance that if you're you know you're on an icing in your own zone you got a guy who probably wouldn't face off as opposed to a guy who normally doesn't want to face off and then monahan can work with uh, doc on that part of his game um i think another thing doc's going to have is he's going to get the minutes like in 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 chicago he got bumped down to the third fourth line and he, he played the wing there near the end of the season uh and uh, there's just a lot of changes with him. And I think that affected his game. His wrist, of course, affected his game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what St. Louis does. And we all know that St. Louis has been adamant about uh, putting development over wins. Um, so he's not going to sacrifice development to get wins. Um, so, yeah, it, I think it's going to be a big learning experience for everyone. And I think Doc's one of those guys that's going to benefit the most from it.
0: Yeah. If, in my opinion, the reason why his face-offs suffered last season, there's there's a couple of reasons. One, uh, the team sucked. So mm. Chicago was just horrible. Now and the other larger reason behind it is that wrist injury. He didn't quite recover from it properly. I don't think they I think they rushed him back. I know he played 70 games last year, but They didn't give him the full amount of time he needed to rehab and get ready, even though they were completely out of it. Uh, I believe that now with the long offseason that he's had, he's had time to uh, work on his wrist a little bit. So I'm expecting better things. I don't think a 50% uh, rate is going to be where he ends up. I think it's going to be more along the lines of what Suzuki had when he was first starting out with the Canadians, around 45-ish. Now Suzuki's above 50%. So you give him a little bit of time. That's the things that they need to develop. Overall, I think the style of game that he plays fits in well with what St. Louis wants offensively out of the team. And I think you're 100% right. I think Monaghan is going to be a guy that they're going to graft onto his line to support him, not just for face-offs, <clears throat> but I think having a veteran who knows what to do who knows how to play a little bit of defense who can mentor him in that position will go a long way
1: oh for sure and i mean monaghan he's going to be looking to prove something too so he's gonna to wanting to have a big year and uh i mean i i can't off the top of my head tell you what doc's line mates were but i know if he wasn't playing with the brin or uh Kane or taves then he wasn't getting any points um because really they were the only guys getting points for Chicago. Um, yeah. So at least he's going to be – now we're going to get into this later, but at least he's going to be with people that can help him with his point production, help him with his face off, help him with his two-way game, because uh, Monahan's a good two-way center. Um, and and that that's the key to, to, to a guy like Doc. And I think it's going to – a lot of the guys coming in, like – and again, we'll get to it later, like even Caulfield, uh, maybe Slavikovsky, if he's on the team, they're going to it's going to be big learning experience. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, St. Louis matches them up with a veteran, you know what I mean, that plays their similar type game or the game that he thinks that they should be playing. Because uh, he's very big on individual development, like not just team. Like, yes, we have a team concept, not a team system. However, as an individual, you need to know what to do. You know what I mean? you got to use your skill to make this concept better. And uh, I, I think that's what St. Louis is pointing to. And so you got a big guy like Doc who can skate, who can uh, hit, he can do all the things he needs to do. It's just getting the face-offs down, getting consistent scoring, and just seeing where this guy is, like, you know. Is he a 25, 50 point guy, or is he a third line center? That's, you know, 15, 30 points. You know what I mean? Like where are we with this doc? He projects to be the 25, 50, 60 point guy. Um, he's a third overall pick, maybe more. I'm just low bar. I'm low balling all the stats because I don't want to overhype anyone. Um, but they don't know. They, they, they don't know. Cause he hasn't uh, had the chance to prove what he could really do in Chicago with his injuries and, you know, rough year last year because of his injuries and all, all this kind and because of the team it was just a shit team. And uh, yeah, so let's see, not that Montreal is going to be a non-shit team this year. Um, but I think their offensive group is actually a pretty good group. So uh
0: yeah, I think that's the big difference between the Canadians yeah. and the Blackhawks from last season. Yeah, Montreal's going to have a hard time this year, but offensively, they have plenty of support for these young guys mm-hmm. that they can they can complement the younger player.
1: Yeah, and that and I think that's what's going to be key. And I think uh that's what's going to be I mean, I think people are going to see a big difference in Montreal's offense this year. It's going to be a lot better. uh, And it's not going to be the reason they lose games. That's for sure.
0: No. Well, I mean, there's going to be some games where they, they didn't get that goal they needed near the end or whatever, but yeah, yeah, it's it's little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Right. It's not uh, the offense is going to be the stronger part of their game this season. Um, and And with Doc to finish off my thought on him a little bit, with his wrist, there's a reason why he didn't score too many goals. It's because of that. So if he his wrist is strengthened back up and recovered, his shot will be recovered. And then if, was, if he's able to shoot properly, defenses are going to have to defend on that as well, which makes it a little bit easier for him to make the passes that he wants to make because now they're not just cheating to the pass. It, it's yeah. these little things. And so I, I'm expecting – a better year out of him i'm not saying it's going to be a 60 70 point season but if by the end of the year kirby dock is able to play second line minutes uh he has about 45 percent on the faceoff dot and he has somewhere close to 50 points i think that's a huge win
1: oh well, i mean i would even say if he has anywhere between 35 and 45 that's a, a huge win considering uh, he only had 23 points last year, playing, you know, all over the place. Um, yeah. I think consistency and confidence. Another thing that goes with his wrist injury, and you were saying about his shot, is the confidence. Yeah. He, if he gets his confidence back in his shot, uh, you're going to see those goals go up because at first they will be they will be cheating the pass, right? So, uh, <laughs> sorry, dog. Hold on.
0: Suzuki <laughs> is just working <sighs> away. Someone must be at the door. Uh,
1: yeah, my sister just came. Um so uh you know, they will be cheating the past because they're like, Oh well, this guy's gonna pass. He has no confidence in his shot and then he's gonna start shooting and like, oh shit, he now he has confidence. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. gonna be uh, uh it's gonna be a a different year. I think you're gonna see a lot of uh a lot of changes and a lot of players. And if the Canadians are big on the development, like they say they want to be, it's only going to get better for Doc uh, next year.
0: Now, staying with that idea of the centers, with Monaghan coming in, I mean, he just had his uh, his first introduction to the Montreal media there the other day with the Habs TV uh, bit where he was eating plain unbuttered toast for breakfast
1: i was disappointed i expected the uh, montreal canadian symbol in the toast like the toaster makes there like the canadians toaster makes and they didn't have that so to me it's that's a that's a that's a miss by the canadians
0: i don't think i think they they avoided doing that because by if they did that the toast wouldn't have been boring enough
1: <laughs> i don't know why you gotta play up the boards why are you eating toast like why did someone say oh eat some toast so we can take a picture of it if anyone's followed
0: uh monahan at all over the last few years or been on twitter there's a boring monahan twitter account yes. and the uh, the joke is that monahan is just a boring guy and i think he's playing up to that like he he plays into that hand like this is just one of those things people call me boring eh, let's have fun with it I think that's what he's doing with that,
1: and he's Maybe, continuing it. it. Sure,
0: sure. At the very yeah. least, it's still more exciting than the last guy to wear number ninety-one.
1: Who was the last guy to wear ninety-one? Gomez. Gomez. Yes. Scott. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> at least he only got He's almost got go as many year. goals. Yeah, he's almost got go as many year. goals. Yeah,
0: I wonder if we're going to get uh, a shot at uh, McLean's pub for every goal at uh, Monaghan scores. Uh,
1: hopefully it's more than two or three.
0: Oof. I'm hoping for a 30 goal season.
1: Uh, but, but going back to centers. Uh, yeah. They have five, but don't forget Monaghan probably won't even be playing until the first of November. So he's going to miss probably the first two, three weeks of the season. Uh, so that'll give a chance for, you know, Suzuki, Dvorak, um, everyone to, to get their game going and then Monahan will come in and I think there'll be a rotation of in and outs with Evans and whoever else. Um, so yeah, uh. And I think Monahan's going to play a lot of wing. There's going to be a lot of movement there. Like, I don't know if Montreal is going to get rid of someone, but they, they have way too many wingers. And if Monaghan and Doc are going to flip back and forth to the wing, depending on what team they're playing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, something's got to give because they got way too much money. That's going to be sitting in a press box doing nothing. Especially if guys like Joel Armia and uh, Paul Byron, when he gets back, uh, uh, who, Mike Huffman, Dadanov? you got all these guys who probably should be playing on the third line that are going to have to be like, well, we don't have room on the third line for you because, I mean, the, Slavosk, the Slavosk, Slavosk, Slavkoski makes the team. There's another winger that's going to be Yelonen. Uh I mean, we're going to get into this, but, uh, you know, there's all these, either something got to give now or because... Anyway, we'll get into it later because we're going to talk about uh, the. Okay, but
0: staying with Monahan though. Staying with this is the thing that we'll get to the forwards here in a minute. Yeah. But staying with Monahan, there's talk that okay, now that Monahan's here, uh, Dvorak is expendable. Which, sure, I can see that. If Monahan has a good season, I can see that. But if Monahan has a good season, aren't we? Aren't the Canadians better off? Trading him when he's having a good year to get some of the yeah. get some prospects and whatever else they can get, versus signing him to a longer term deal, just in case you know he doesn't really repeat that next year or the year after. Like how how many years does he want in a deal? How much money does he need? At least with Dvorak you know you know what the term is, you know what the heck of the cap it is. Uh, He's a little bit younger. He, you know that you got a two-way guy who can, who can support the younger centerman by taking some of that defensive uh, time away. Whereas with Monaghan, you're just not sure. So if he has a good year, why not just trade him?
1: Well, uh, I know there's been – ever since we got Monaghan, there was this talk that, oh, we should sign him long-term. We need to sign him long-term. We got Monaghan. Monaghan hasn't been the same – Monahan had one really good season. Let's let's be honest here. Like Monaghan had the thirty goal season and whatever it was, and he hasn't really done anything since. Well, it hasn't well, really done anything.
0: He's had a couple of thirty goal years and he's yeah. been a twenty goal score almost every year. Yeah. Uh he's when he was healthy, he was a seventy point two way center.
1: When, when he was so. healthy. But that, that's that's when my he was point. healthy. He hasn't been healthy in a while, right? Yeah. So I mean if you look, uh, I mean, you look at Monahan. he had two 30-goal seasons, three. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess I guess both. 82 points is his highest point. But other than that 82-point season, his highest was 64. So, I mean, is he going to get back to that? He's an On average, he averages 57 points, 26 goals in 82 games. Um, and he hasn't played 82 games since 2016-17. So...
0: Let's... For, for the sake of argument, we'll say that at the come trade deadline, it's two days before the trade deadline. Uh, the next game for the Canadians is after the trade deadline, and he sits at 15 goals and 35 points. If someone trade offers him. you a first-round pick, trade him.
1: Or even a B-level prospect or, or, or an A-level prospect, trade him. Or some combination, yeah. Because, I mean, you can sit there and say, unless they have an extension already in the works before the trade deadline, uh, you have no idea what he's, maybe he doesn't want to play in Montreal. Maybe he doesn't want to play for a rebuilding team. You know, Monaghan's a, uh, he's 28 years old. He's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine year veteran. You know what I mean? Like injury prone. Want play. Yeah.
0: He hasn't maybe won a cup wants,
1: yet. Maybe he wants to win a cup. Maybe he wants to go to Colorado or someone who's gonna, you know, whatever. But there's, at least with Dvorak you know exactly what you're getting for the next three years and you have him for the next three years you have him right up to you should be a contender and then you can decide on Dvorak like well do we want to keep him or do we want to get rid of him to bolster you know what we already have um and the
0: Canadians already the Canadians already got a first round pick for just taking him on if they're able Correct. to trade him and get another that's I mean that's a first home run picks. for Hughes
1: yeah yeah Yeah, and then another thing is, Dvorak, according to uh, Dumont, uh, Mark Dumont was the highest uh, offensive forward of the Canadians under St. Louis when he came back from the injury.
0: He could be capable of more than a 40-point season.
1: I mean, he was injury-hampered. He came into a new system. Uh, We all know the A lot of the players weren't happy with Ducharme's system. According to Ducharme, he didn't know what direction the team really wanted him to go. Um, Being
0: the coach, he should be the one setting that.
1: While he was trying to win games, he didn't realize that they didn't care about winning games. I mean,
0: after winning, after a while, after a while,
1: anyway, whatever. I, you know, I, Ducharme will be back in the NHL with someone at least as an assistant coach somewhere. I'm not worried about Ducharme, but, uh, you know, everything was kind of, it wasn't a happy locker room, and uh, you know, we both play sports. If you don't have a good locker room, nobody's, not that nobody tries, but the, the effort just isn't as there. And I'm not saying anyone didn't put the effort in, but, and Dvorak had injury issues. He had multiple injuries, and missed multiple times, different times with injuries, and then when he finally come back after, I think his concussion was the last one, wasn't that meth- the the hit yeah, to the was, head yeah. there in front of the net. Yeah, uh, and he played under Martin St. Louis, like everybody else. Totally different game. Totally different player. Everything was improved. Um, so there's no reason to think that that won't continue. Um, with Monahan, I mean, if you got Monahan on pace for back to what he was of old, like I'm not saying he's going to get 30 goals, but if he comes back after missing three weeks and he's on pace for 30 goals, on pace for 70 point, 80 points. Why would you keep them when you can guarantee get a first round pick for them on a and rebuilding maybe even team. a
0: twenty
1: twenty three? Yeah, uh, on a rebuilding team. You know what I mean? You're rebuilding. Yeah. You're you're not yeah. trying. You're not trying to contend tomorrow, right? Especially now with Carey Price probably not in the picture. You don't even have a goaltender. So going forward, so you know you really got to look at it as, and I mean a lot of people. A lot of people say, yeah, but if he if he's playing this good, he, you're not guaranteed he's going to play that good next year. You're not guaranteed he's not going to go out next year and after four games bust his hip again or get another injury. He's an injury-prone player, right, and uh, especially the last three years, uh, and he's hitting 30. He's going to be 30 at the beginning of 23-24. So, his
0: age doesn't match up with the Canadians' core. I, mm-hmm. I know the Habs need some veteran help, but you don't need high priced veteran help. You don't need a guy you're spending yeah. five and a half to seven million dollars on to be a veteran leader.
1: Correct. I mean, you you want a guy like what Stahl was, uh, uh, 21, 22, uh, the year they went to the cup 2021. Uh, you want what, what Stahl was or what Corey Perry was. That's what you want a guy you're going to pay. Maybe two million tops for two years, maybe two maximum years, who's just there to help put that team over the edge, maybe, or he's that tipping point on the team to get them to that get them to their goal. Um, you don't want a guy who's going to sign five, six years at five and a half million dollars at the low end. I mean, because if he's on pace for thirty goals, seventy points, why would he want the same contract that he already has? He's going to sit there and go, "Well, look at me. I'm, I'm the same guy I was five years ago. I made hey, six and a half pace. million. I made six and a half million dollars then. I want yep. six and a half. I want seven now because this guy over here he gets seven, and he did the same. He did what I did, right? So, yep. and then that, then you're in the situation that you're in right now. You have too many high priced people uh, that are taking up spots of guys that you need to really put in there."
0: there's no cap left to sign the younger guys like uh, Caulfield, for instance, Barron's going to need a contract in, in another year or so. Uh, these are, these are guys that you need to extend. Doc will need a contract, uh, you know, on and on and on. So
1: You're going to have to replace Edmondson. You're going to have to replace yeah. uh, in the next couple of years. You're going to have to place Wideman in the next couple of years. You could, you know, you have Gouley, all these guys that are coming in this year, they're all going to need contracts for the next two years. So
0: that's why you have to kind of think three or four years down the line. Sure. If the guy's doing well, it makes sense now, but what about two years from now? So if you can get something of value in return now, do it. Because uh, I mean, it's not like there isn't like, like we said, there's, there's uh, Dvorak that's there. Doc is still going to be progressing. Uh, you've got Beck coming up. I mean, there's, there's, there's a relief, not to mention, who are they going to pick with all these first round picks? Like the um the Habs are expected to pick in the top 10. If they do I think 8 of the of the 10 players in the top 10 this year are centers. So and you, almost, there's another center.
1: And almost everyone in this year's top 10 could potentially be in the NHL next year because it's that deep of a draft potentially yeah. could. We say that now, we'll see in march april but uh
0: that's the thing like you have this depth of centers that are coming up the picks that they have yeah. they're able to get even more do you really want to spend five six million dollars on a uh, center who's going to be 30 soon and, and if monahan doesn't play well his contract's up at the end of the year and you let him walk or you sign that him or, to a cory perry type deal
1: or you trade him and say hey what you know oh we'll give you a second round pick all right we'll take the second round pick. Sure." take you whatever go. you can yeah yeah
0: and if no one wants him you let him walk like there's there's no um there's no real downside
1: no and i mean like you said if he does play mediocre he plays okay he's whatever but he really helps with the development of doc and maybe suzuki even or a couple you sit there and say you know what we'll give you two years at one and a half you know what i mean Let's take it in that yeah, Sure, sign them but you don't have to get rid of Dvorak if you do that so
0: no you don't and that kind of brings us to the forward situation that you were alluding to earlier mm. the Canadians have 16 NHL forwards 15 16 anyway 16. 15 or 16, 16 under NHL contract then you have the rookies so Slavkowski is one uh Jelonin, uh, harvey pinard these these are guys that could compete for nhl jobs I would but there's mean, just too many too many nhl contracted forwards
1: and there's too many nhl contracted forwards making above three million dollars playing bottom six minutes that's
0: With all the, all the middle that middle tier like, of players that, that are making like the two to four and a half million
1: like i mean you have uh you have Huffman at four and a half million. You have Byron at three and a half, who's at the end of the year he's 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 either gone, his contract's over anyway. You have Armee yeah. at three and a half, who still has another year left on his contract. You have uh, you know, Dvoraks around four million dollars. Uh you know, you have all these guys, Gallagher, six and a half million dollars, and he's probably gonna play on the third line, um, third or second, depending. Um, you know, you have all the Druin, five and a half million dollars. Uh, But again, he's an expiring contract. Um, So you have all these guys making all this big bucks playing you know, bottom six. Middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. And you have guys like uh, Yelonen. He needs to start you know he. You got to start giving him the chance to to show what he can do. He. I thought he did well when he was in the NHL last year. with the the, the uh, twelve or thirteen games he played in, he got five yep. points, a couple goals. Uh, his shot looked good. Yes, he had some work to do, but that's fine. You know, you you progress. Uh, Soltgowski, if he comes in and blows away camp, and he's the guy everyone thinks he's going to be, there's your seventeenth forward on the on, on on the roster. Uh, uh, Jan Mysak, who's been having an excellent. Uh, Excellent season. He could potentially come in and, but he's a center. You already have five centers. Where is he going to go? Right. Uh, you know, Harvey Penard, Is Harvey Penard ready to step it up in, uh, and, and be an NHL winger. Uh, but he Harvey after Pinard, his season, Harvey, after season Harvey, last year,
0: he had, uh, he led the team in points in Laval. I think he's ready to compete for that,
1: that spot. And he's a perfect bottom six player for the Montreal Canadiens. Michael Pezzetta. Pezzetta's on an NHL contract. He's one of the 16, but he's a good fourth-line player that's going to – not afraid to drop the gloves, not afraid to throw the body, not af- afraid to get dirty. Um, uh, I, I can't think of anyone else really right now. But you have – I mean, then you have all the guys that, uh, that, that, that are going to be coming up within the next year. You have, like, your, your kidneys and your waws and your uh, – in your uh, uh, con- Condetta, in your uh, Heineman there that they got from Calgary. Teasdale. Teasdale. A Teasdale. Another guy, if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, he could be a guy that can. Uh, can maybe can push. Maybe. Out. Maybe. But with all this glut of forwards where there's no room for these guys, and now you're, you're keeping them down, like Harvey Penard, you're keeping him down in Laval where he probably should be starting doing his NHL development or start doing his NHL, you know, he, there's nowhere for him to go unless some, you know, unless someone gets injured. Now, Byron, one of the 16, he's going to be probably on LTIR till Christmas. Um, maybe there's no word out, but that that's the rumor. Um, so if there's, even then, it doesn't give you a spot It doesn't give you a place to put anyone. It's just, you know,
0: yeah, you're, you- what would be helpful is if they had a little bit of an opening there where they were able to rotate these young guys in, in and out. Cause maybe they're, maybe they're not quite ready, but you want to give them that chance. So you, you bring them up, you let them play a couple games in a, a top nine role on the wing. Yeah. You let them, you give them a few games and then you send them back down because you want to take advantage of this, uh, the waiver exemption. Cause Yelonen yeah. going to be, Waiver exempt, I think, for about half the season. Then he hits his games mark. Same, you know, the same thing will go with all the other guys that are going to be coming up and down. So, not to mention, you got massive holes on defense and all these forwards. Maybe it's time to trade a couple just to get something to throw on the blue
1: line. Well, I mean, they're desperate need of a right handed defenseman, Uh, unless they really feel Baron's going to be the guy. Um, and again, they have to really feel that he's going to be the guy. Uh, they really only have two right-handed defensemen. That's it. I mean, Shootman can play both sides. Jack Eye can play both sides if he makes the team. Uh, Edmondson. Edmondson can play both sides, but Edmondson's much better on the left. Um, but you don't just you don't want to do that, especially if it's going to be a second line right-handed mm-hmm. D. Is what you're looking for. Wow. A Canadian second line, second pairing right handed D, not a real second. Contending. Pairing. Yeah. Contending. You know, um, when I say Canadians, I mean Matheson and Sabard are your second line, really your second pair. Um, you know, but in Montreal. But, but in Montreal, they're your first pair. So um, the only one that's really re- and on defense, I mean, oh, we're getting way boards. The only one that's really where he exactly should be is Edmondson. Edmondson's on the second line, left-handed defenseman, perfect spot for him. He can play that. He can do that. Yeah. Wideman, third pairing, perfect right-handed guy, power play, perfect spot for him. He can do that. Everybody else, it's not where they should be. So, um, but you're absolutely right. If you could take that forward group um, and, you know, Armia had a good world championship. Maybe you can lean on that and say, hey, we got a guy here, Joel Armia. He has, uh, after this year, only has one year left on his contract. Uh, we'll eat half of it, you know what I mean? Uh, and But we want this right-handed too. It doesn't have to be a second-pairing guy, but it, it can be a guy that can fit in Montreal's second pairing, and that gives Barron that uh, chance to – and a guy that they can put as a seventh defenseman. So say Barron hits his stride and takes the, the bull by the horns, and well, now you have this – you have an extra defenseman. Great. You know what I mean? And it's, it's no like Matt. I know they got Madison Bowie, but I think Madison Bowie's the Laval, uh, um, most of the veterans they have in Laval are not coming back. So he, I think he's a, a Laval, uh, depth guy. Yeah. Um, cause so. the, the, uh, the,
0: the Canadians management group rightfully are looking to the, the AHL as a development league And the best way to develop your young guys is to give them a competitive team, and that's exactly what they're providing in Laval.
1: Yeah, they're doing the exact opposite of what they did before the. Wow, when old Dufresne was there, Uh, or Lafave, sorry, when Lafave was there, Dufresne. Come on, five hundred feet of shit the other side, but uh, um. But yeah, so this forward group, they have. I mean, personally, I would love to see Huffman go somewhere, but at four and a half million for what he actually provides, I just don't see it. Well, I mean, I, you know what? You never know. If someone's looking for a good offensive guy for the power play, Huffman's your guy. But then again, he didn't yeah, do much well, for our power play. So I don't know. But I don't know. Was that Huffman or was that who was ever running the power play?
0: I don't think the power play was that good, but Huffman didn't do much to. Improve, it. It improve and you can't really exactly. blame him for that you can't really
1: no but, but this
0: year should be different this year should be different that they're, they're starting fresh under new coaches for the most part um so there should be a different look to the power play should have a different feel
1: the the, the funny thing is is it's is going to the forward group is at the trade deadline you possibly are going to lose four of them <laughs> Right, so now we're we're going on now- that. Oh, we got too many, but at the deadline, you have Dadenoff, Byron, Druin, and uh, Monahan, all free agents. All probably could probably will probably at least three of them will be on the move. And uh, I'm
0: about ninety percent sure that all four will move.
1: I, I am as well. I think all four will move. Um the only one that I actually the only one I think might not move is Byron, and that's because of his injury history. Um but that's yeah, sure. And that's the only reason why. Um but if all four move, well then you have four, but then it's too late because like you said, the way the way some of the guys, unless they wait until then to bring these guys up, they won't have their waiver exemption because they'll have too many games in. Um so it's really I guess the best we can hope for for players to come up is people to get injured. <laughs> which is which you hate to say because you don't want anyone to get injured. You don't want anyone to get hurt, but you can't
0: see the injury bug hitting them as hard this year as it did last year. I mean, they set NHL yeah. records for man games lost last year, but the way they have their forward group, so many people under contract, even if they did, they they'd be set. They're they're a little bit better off. Depth wise, like there's no beyond Suzuki and Caulfield right now. There's no um, NHL contracted player who looks like they could be a first line player. No, no. Slavkovsky, I'm not counting him in this one. He's a rookie Two, yes. He signed his entry level deal, but he hasn't played yet. So we're not really counting him in that group. There's a chance he could become that first line player, but I think putting that kind of pressure on, on this kid now too much so for this year suzuki and caulfield are the only two guys that i would say are legitimately capable of playing first line as first line players everybody else at best is a second line
1: at best best. and i i would even narrow that down to anderson
0: (laughs) yeah yeah doc I i can see him possibly being there so there's two more
1: guys the rest third liners yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of with you on doc, but I think he needs a year to prove himself first. Like yeah. I'm, if I'm talking next year, you have two first liners and one second liner and everyone else is a third liner or below personally. I mean, you could, you could argue Druin could play on the second line, but he's a 50 point guy.
0: Yeah. I guess, I guess. Now, This kind of brings me to um, our training camp predictions. So we're talking about all these forwards. We're talking about the need for defense. Training camp is about to start with the rookie camp here soon, which I'm going to be really interested to watch because a part of the rookie camp is that rookie tournament in Buffalo. And I really want to see how Messard plays and how, uh, how Slavkovsky shows he belongs me my sack the all these guys are showing up so rookie wise come training camp what do you what do you expect what is your prediction
1: rookie wise i see slovsky making the team out of the gate uh whether he stays with the team is up for debate i don't think he's going to start on the first line um and I, I'm going to go back to the, I don't know if you watched the behind the scenes thing with Habs TV yeah. about the yeah. draft, but uh, Bob Rov made a good comment. He's the guy that started on the fourth line with Slovakia, but nobody, in his words, was carrying the mail, right? He moved up to that first line and all of a sudden that whole first line was carrying the mail. Like that, basically when he moved to the first line, he improved that entire first line, just being on it. Um, because he's the guy that wants to make the difference. He's the guy that, wait, shit's not going right. I want to be the guy that changes that. So like, I, I know what you said about the pressure, but it seems to me like he's the guy that wants the pressure. He's the guy that wants to, like when they asked him the question, what do you know about Montreal? He said, when everything's going good, right? They love you when everything's not going good well not so much right and they said how do you feel about that And he said well i just have to play good you know what i mean like he's like and 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 uh from what we heard at our seminar when we we're at the draft when they asked him the question about uh, if he wants to go first of all he just said i don't care where i'm picked i just want to be the best player yeah to me that attitude if that conveys on the ice, there's, there's no reason why he won't make the team. Um, yeah. It's a
0: good, it's a good attitude to have when you're yeah. in Montreal, because that's the kind of attitude that would do well there. Correct.
1: Yes. Um, but other than him, because of so many forwards in that, I don't see too many rookies uh, on forward, making the team defense. Yeah. I can see a guy like Arbor Jack making the team. Um Caden Gooley, uh, you know, I think when we've discussed this on multiple shows, there's going to be a rotation of those young guys between Laval and, and Montreal. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And I think Gooley is going to be a big part of that rotation. And I know that he had an injury and I'm going to, I'm addressing JD's question from our, our live. Uh, there's no timeline that was given on his return from an injury. Uh, however the expectation is he's going to be ready for training camp and the same thing goes with logan mayu now the expectation is not that mayu will be at the rookie camp he's not under contract so mayu will be going to london and dealing just staying there and doing their thing i think he's at their camp i don't i'm not 100% sure if he's played any preseason games or not but uh for for Ghoulie at the very least he's expected to be ready to compete come rookie
1: camp uh thing with my I, it, it's going to be interesting in mayu because i can he play in the uh in the rookie tournament if he's not under contract no okay so i wasn't because i know he's been visibly doing montreal canadian things uh and showing up at events representing the montreal canadians this summer he was at the, the big country concert with suzuki and anderson uh he's been at other things so uh he'll be an interesting uh personal look at yeah, but I, I i i think he needs a year in london anyway so it's regardless of whether he yeah. can go to these these camps or not he's not making the team so whether they sign him to a contract tomorrow or whatever he, he needs a year in london regardless because he hasn't had a yes. full year he hasn't had a full season in two years he hasn't played more than 20 games a season in two years so,
0: I don't think he's played at, I don't think he's even played 20 games. <laughs> uh, he, I think he's got I, maybe 30 games total in two years.
1: Well, he has, I think he had 12 last year, and I think he played 13 in Sweden. So, whatever, I'm, I'm guesstimating there, but
0: yeah, so there's like 25 to 30 games total that, in two years. That, he that, needs, that's what I'm he saying. He needs yeah. more time, he, he, yeah.
1: need more, he needs, he needs way more time. Yeah. So, regardless Lemayu, Le whether he shows up to these camps or doesn't show up to these camps, it's not going to matter. He is not walking onto that team. So uh...
0: yeah, no. And now the rotation on the left D, that's, that's going to be an interesting one. Harrison Gouley uh, I think are going to be uh, in a heavy rotation there. Arbor Jacki is an interesting one. You mentioned him. I really like his game because he, he doesn't just play physical. He is, mean Mean. he he wants to hurt you when you play so you're scared of him he Um, makes you
1: think twice about coming up his side of the ice
0: yeah exactly now uh if how he adjusts to the speed of the game we'll see how he does against uh the in the rookie turn because that's that's not junior anymore that's all the best players from junior who have taken a step up so we'll see how he adjusts there but i think Give him a little bit of time. He'll be heavy in that rotation by the end of the year as well.
1: Now, Arbor Jack, I was a late cut from last year's camp uh, because he played very well and He did very, very well in Montreal's camp. They just didn't think he was ready to take the next step. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know me, I'm heavy on Arbor Jack. I, I really think he's going to be a, a bright spot, in the future of the Canadians. Uh, I think he's one of those hidden gems that Montreal picked up only because of his overall game. Um, I mean he even picked up his offense in the OHL playoffs last year. I don't think he's going to be this big offensive guy, but um he's the guy you need on the team. He he's a guy you need, yeah. especially now that you don't have Romanoff. You don't have this big heavy hitter on the team. Uh issues I'm, he's going to have is the speed of the game and his discipline. Uh he's very he's See, very undisciplined in the OHL. Very undisciplined.
0: Undisciplined in the OHL. I the OHL has been doing a lot of these crackdowns on certain plays and certain methods of play. Yeah. The whole sleepy time thing, getting suspended for that, that's stuff that would not be penalized in the NHL or in the pro race.
1: And having said that, when he did that sleepy thing, once he knew the guy was knocked out, he stopped punching. When they got in that fight, And that guy, he hit him, and that guy went down like a bag of but he did do the sleepy time after. But he 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 stopped. To me, a really undisciplined guy, he keeps going until the rest break it up. He stopped, and then as he skated off, he did his little, which to me is who cares?
0: Well, he'd he'd answer he'd answer for that in the next fight for you know showing up his opponent at the NHL level, sure. But uh, the undisciplined part, I. I just see it as the OHL being very strict in its calls versus what the NHL would do. It's with, true. But he, with him,
1: he did take a few bad penalties last year that were uncalled. For. Oh, of course he did pick a fight. He did pick, a fight, all, when he, he did pick a fight at the wrong and they, and they all do. I mean, his thing's yeah. going to be the speed. And like I said, I was talking to Steve Steos, who, If you're listening, Steve, yeah. I uh, messaged you to get on the show. Um <laughs> uh he mentioned that that will be his he thinks arbor jack, he, he told me arbor jack has never been cut from like cut from anything every camp he's gone to except last year with montreal but they all expected to, he expected to be cut from that he wasn't expecting to make the team uh he says he's the guy that gives 110 percent at everything he does everything he does he gives 110 percent and he said he uh there's no quit in him and he said he's just the guy that you're going to love on your team. You're gonna love the you know, in the dressing room on the ice, you know, you're not gonna have this whole primo just got or uh, who was it? Uh Montebeau just got bowled over by this guy and everyone just looked around and watched. No, he's going to settle that and he's gonna settle it pretty fucking quick. So sorry YouTube yeah. for the swearing line, but uh um but you're again there's, the guys children. Ahead, there's there's guys ahead of him on the death trap, Harris Gooley shoot him in will even throw shoot him in yeah in um so he's gonna have to really step up his game to get there and a guy like Yolonen who I think should personally I think he should be starting with the NHL this year but there's just no room for him he's gonna have oh, to there's too many forwards yeah he's gonna have to really outplay a lot of people uh and it's unfortunate because guys like Armia and Huffman I'd rather have Yolonen there than an Armia and Huffman I'd rather have you know if you go. Yol- Yolonen's only going to get me 13 points. I'd rather it be him than Armia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Personally. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, because you're doing the rebuild. Yeah. Why not have the young guys play? And yeah. to JD's point in the live, he mentioned that Jack Eye reminds him of LXC Emelin. And I,
1: exactly. I I see that. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've compared him to him, Emelin a few times. Except this is a guy who can fight
0: unlike emelin who had the metal plate in his face this is a guy who will fight
1: (laughs) yeah but emelin again emelin had a metal plate in his face which is why he didn't fight so not that Mm -hmm. i think emelin was a big fighter anyway but whatever um although
0: he emelin is still doing things to help the canadians because you see him in the khl uh prior to the season he took out mitchkov who's going to be out injured for a little while so mm -hmm. maybe mitchkov slides down a little bit into the draft and Lands in the Canadian's lap, thanks
1: to Alexi Emelin. Alexi Emelin. <laughs> Once a Canadian, always a Canadian. But uh but yeah, I think Jack to me Jack is gonna be the guy you need you need to look out for. Gooley Harris, you know they're gonna have NHL time. You know it. You know, right whether it be at the beginning of the season, one of them's gonna be there at the beginning of the season. Uh but they're going to be there. Barron's going to be there. Barron's probably going to start the season with Montreal, see where he goes. Yeah. Unless yeah. unless they have a really shitty camp, that's the only reason I, I can see them not, not being there. Barron, based on the fact they have no right-handed defenseman. Um, but also, he played well when he was there in the last 10 games, in the 10 games he played with Montreal last season. So, you know, like, you got to give yep. the guy his, his dues. Like, you can't sit there and say, oh, you played well, but now you're really going to earn it well i thought i just did you know what i mean like
0: and uh, that that is kind of the reason why i think they're not going to go out looking for uh a defenseman to put under contract prior no. to the season they want to have him play in his uh play in the camp see how he does they might sign a couple guys to a pto uh for the defense they they may not uh but if or everything contract. goes yeah but if nothing goes the way they want it to go in camp they're the first pick in the waiver wire there's going to be a ton of players on the waiver wire especially with this flat cap there's going to be a lot of pretty good names that are probably going to be put on that waiver wire that the canadians could pick up they get the first pick
1: yeah and uh you know if things aren't going the way they want it to go they'll just grab one or two guys off that waiver wire and Sorry, Baron. Sorry, you guys are going to the Laval work on your game down there. Once you, we see you improving in Laval, we'll bring you up and throw this guy we got on waivers back on waivers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So we're pretty much near the end of our time because you got, you got stuff you need to get done. It's close to an hour now. Um, so any final thoughts?
1: No, expect Montreal, like I said earlier, to have a really good offensive year. I think you're going to see some guys really pick their game up this year offensively. Uh, I think you're, you're going to see Suzuki, both Suzuki and Caulfield, uh, get close to where we think they're going to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think, but don't expect too much. Like don't don't expect, uh, you know. I think Montreal is going to be one of those teams that could come out of the gate really well, and then fizz right off is what I, what I think is going to happen. And uh, just be patient with the team. It's going to be an exciting team, but uh, keep your expectations low. And even though Price isn't going to be there, there's I think their offense can keep them in that top ten. I, I still don't think they're I don't think they're a top five drafting team. I don't think they're going to finish in the bottom five. I really don't. Um, they
0: might they might might. it depends on who's hurt when they're hurt how long they're out who they trade who they keep that's that kind of thing
1: but but definitely top 10 so my i guess my final thought is keep your expectations low and just enjoy the season
0: so it's like that mad tv show lowered expectations correct (laughs) that's the worst dating site ever unless you've been on tinder so i've heard
1: that's how my wife found me. She lowered her expectations and this is what she got. She's been regretting yeah. that ever since.
0: They always do, don't they?
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. yeah.
1: There's two it's doors. She can, she, she can go <laughs> to either one of them.
0: Uh, all right. And for me, uh, for a final thought on this, uh, I'm expecting, like you, to see a, an improved offensive output defensively and goaltending wise. I think they're going to drag the team down to the, that top 10 pick. Um, But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the power play is going to drastically improve to 17% by the end of the year, Yes, which would still put them, I think in the bottom third, but still, they're not the dead last power play anymore. They'll be, I don't know, 22nd. That's there we go. Yeah, I'll points, say twenty-second.
1: Like that's four points higher than last year.
0: And who knows? Maybe a couple of those power play goals will be the difference in winning a few more games. Get around thirty wins this year. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but hey, you know, what did uh, I had last it, year. Twenty-one, it like
1: twenty-one,
0: twenty-two. It, it it would be an improvement over last year, but it would still give you that bottom ten or that top ten pick. So, so that's it for me. Uh, And I want to thank everyone who's checked into our live, who have sent us these comments. Uh, Ellen Keefe, thank you for uh, sending us that message on Logan Mayu saying that he still has the shoulder injury and he is still out. Uh, We really appreciate that Uh, people who are on the ground in all these different towns across Canada and the United States, Europe, uh, keep sending us this information, keep sending us these text messages, these emails, we love hearing from you guys. We love interacting with you again. This is what makes it fun. And the, uh, the Montreal Canadians community as a whole is a great one to interact with. Uh, be sure to check out other podcasts like uh, Tony Marinera show, which we've both had the opportunity to join uh, locked on Canadians, happy hour, uh, the boys, the boys over at, um, uh Gibby and Lewis are back with Vinny, so go check them out. Um, Raw Knuckles. Raw Knuckles. Raw Knuckle
1: podcast with uh Chris and uh Matt. Mike? Matt? Mike? Yeah. Tim. Tim. That's it. Tim Stapleton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible with names, Tim. Just been... don't,
0: don't uh yeah, don't hurt so, me. Yeah. So the boys at at uh Raw Knuckles, all that. Go go listen to a bunch of different shows enjoy it have fun with it interact with everybody it's that's what makes this whole thing fun uh this year is not going to be that great on the ice so we should all just kind of stick around and enjoy it so again thank you all for listening and remember if you were talking about it so are we